How's it going, guys? Welcome to episode three of Dream Chasing 101 podcast. Today, we have two very special guests all the way from Spain. Um, we're going international. Um, so, yeah, um, this episode is a, bit, is a bit different. We're diving into the mental aspect of golf and just life in general. So I'll leave it up to the two ladies to introduce themselves. Um, they're from a company called By Sane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you guys can just introduce yourselves. Yeah. So I'm Sane. I'm the mental coach in it. So um, I studied psychology and I do hypnotherapy. So yeah, I work with all the clients really. And I am Sarah. I am the business partner of Sane, and I am. I'll say the more business side to it. Um, I am also an ex-golfer, used to play golf in the US on a scholarship and dived into entrepreneur in university and after university and then got into the more golf-related industry um, on a business side with a company called Golfscape. And that's where I kind of learned everything from and then me and Sam connected and it kind of, yeah, worked out for us well. Yeah. And can you maybe talk about how the two of you connected and how this entire business came about? Because it's, it's not often that you meet someone <laughs> and, and build a, a mental yeah. business. It was very random. It was completely by chance, really. So I'm a personal trainer as well. So I think a friend of, yeah, so one of Sarah's friends is one of my friends or like I'm friends with her sister and we just ended up connecting like that. Yeah, Um, I was, I just moved to Spain for work and obviously with all the tapas and cervecita, I've gained a little bit of weight. So I was looking for someone to help me out. And that's where Santa came in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really random. And then we just started talking. I think, I think it was going to, I just asked if you wanted to do a, a hypnosis session and then I was like, oh, you're a golfer. Why don't we do it with golf? And then, which just random, randomly came about the day before where I think I messaged you and was like, oh, why don't we try it with golf? And you're like, yeah, I'm always down to try something with golf. Yeah, and it, it was just literally just of... ping pong, like one thing yeah. to another. I did a session with her. I have, a, like I've mentioned, I have a horrible, I don't even want to call it a fade. I just want to call it like a fade slice. Like it's, it's horrible. <laughs> And I just couldn't hit the fairways. Like, it was notorious that back home, like, if Sarah hits one fairway in the entire round, like, it's a good day for her. (laughs) It was a really good day. So I did a session with her. I did one session, started feeling better, two sessions. And then I actually went out and played golf with one of my golf buddies who flew in. And the last time he played with me, obviously, my shots were everywhere and I was so consistent I hit every single fairway I'm not <laughs> kidding and I was buzzing and he was like what has happened because obviously I haven't worked with anything technique I was just doing the same I was like I met this girl like Sana and like she's my PT and now she's like my hypnotherapist my golf coach like everything <laughs> and, and then I just knew we had something and I sent him out uh, to her also to try and he also success with him so I was like all right well there's definitely something here and obviously as we know all the big players um and like good athletes on a higher level have a mental coach but they don't it's not really out there for the common golfer who just likes to play golf and really wants to improve 
Um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, let's let's do something about this. Uh, I think we need to we need to sell you <laughs> and give out <laughs> get out your knowledge to the people. And don't you think yeah. like the golf industry is so? Um, I don't want to say over masculated, but the the masculinity aspect of it, like we shy away from the mental aspect. Like we think it's just, you know, like voodoo talk. It's not really that important. Like they think McElroy just goes out and hits a ball three thirty, and yeah. that's it. Like do you find <laughs> that this industry, we kind of need this aspect to kind of filter in and be a norm now. I mean, I think in general, like if you look at all sports, it's still pretty masculine, like it's very male dominated still. And there's still so much stigma with talking about emotions, talking about anything mental, anything to do with the mind and especially with men. So and then golf is probably even more so than the average sport um, where there's a big difference with male and female. So I definitely think it, it, there's definitely, it's going in the right direction where there's, people are talking about it more. It's becoming more of a, a common thing that you can get a mental coach or that you can go see a sports psychologist, but it's still not where it should be really. Yeah. I think like you mentioned, like it's becoming more aware. And I think also it's just like the situation we're in and what we're developing ourselves into as people that we're becoming more emotional aware, mentally aware. Um, so I think it's a good leeway and also just me and Stan were talking about the yesterday if you watch the documentaries on Netflix there's a much more like with the athletes actually explaining like even the Formula One like they're explaining how they do meditation before or it's just such a massive impact and it, you only hear it like I mentioned from the higher level of the athletes like it's natural that mentally you're going to have uh, there's a correlation to it when you play sports but it's a bit it's a bit taboo to speak about and especially I know for myself my dad who will spend money on his swing for ages and (laughs) he wants to be on like the senior tour but like mentioning okay you know like maybe you should think about learning about the mental aspect he still is a bit hesitant to it yeah Yeah, I think as well if you look at all the top um, athletes they incorporate all these tools and techniques into um, their mental preparation, into like before they say that with the, I think it's called The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan, um, yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, so even that one, he, in that documentary, you're learning more about that they all use mindfulness um, in the in the practice and that the coach was really big on it. But it's not common knowledge, like the, not everyone who knows about Michael Jordan, they know what he, what he does for like dribbling skills or whatever it might be, but they don't talk about the mental side of it when that is so key for every top athlete. They don't talk about it as much as they would with the practical side, but it's probably just as important. And to reach that top level, you really do need it. Yeah, I find like um, on the, especially on like the PGA Tour and the European Tour, um, social media accounts they're very um, focused on like the, the the training aspect from the golf specific side so they're looking at mm-hmm. you know the drills that Rory does or um, what does Tiger do before his round and it's all like the warm-up shots they don't really show yeah. or tell the story like you say of 
perhaps 10 minute meditation in the locker room. And yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's just not information that's made available besides when there is a documentary where they're literally looking at you waking up Mm -hmm. and you have to tell that story because it's part of the entire day. Um, So I I always find like you don't really hear about these players building that mental um, side of things. Yeah. Even when you start researching it, when you start looking into it, because I've done that with all the golfers trying to figure out what they do, like what makes them so good and stuff. But there just isn't that much information out there. And I don't know if it's because they have, they feel that stigma, they don't talk about it, or because it's just something that they do for themselves that they don't feel comfortable talking about. I don't know what it is, but it's still not spoken about that much, um, even when you go Until, and look for the information. Yeah. Until today. Now we're talking yeah. about yeah. it. Now we're gonna... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this yeah. is the beginning. I feel like, it's also it has to do with like the audience and the demand for it so i don't think there has been that like demand for that that side of because it's so overlooked as yeah. the general population like no one wants yeah. to know what tiger's thinking about they just want to see him lift the trophy and how he hits the ball <laughs> yeah. 300 or whatever yeah. um yeah so i think it's also a good timing i must say like everything from how we met to how we tried this and how we're developing and like doing the business now like just uh what a couple weeks in we see that there is a demand like we have like 2,000 followers on facebook now within a couple weeks so there's definitely a bit more demand um so we also know there is like it's a good business idea it's a good thing to give back that we want to and and people also looking for it um, but like we did before we did market research, it was impossible to find anything. And if you found something, it was like, oh, this is the guy who's for the PGA Tour. Most of the players like, okay, well, not everyone, the common golfer is not, or the common person is not a professional athlete. So it's definitely, it's really interesting. Um, and we're, we're really excited about it. And can you maybe just talk about how you, obviously, um, Sarah, you played college golf. What was at that level? Did you have any mental coaches or sports psychologists on hand? Yeah, so we were we were given a a mental coach, um, and as I mentioned to Stan when we started, was they'll give you they'll give you the terms, they'll tell you what to do when you're on like oh you're on the course, don't get ahead of yourself. Fair enough. How do I do that? I at least for my personal experience, um, I wasn't given the tools to how to. It's like, all right, well, don't think about, like, don't be nervous at this shot. Like, think about um, this moment. Or it's like, all right, fine, I get the, I get the principle about it. I get the, the ideology about it, but I don't know how to implement it into my golf. And that's when, again, when... I met San and I told this thing. She's like, oh, well, you can, you know, you can just do this and this and gave me actual tools to not get ahead of myself. Give me tools to not be nervous or give me tools to tone down the nervous. Um, it was, it was just really, it was refreshing because we weren't given any of that. We're just kind of told, okay, don't jump ahead of yourself. Yeah. Don't do this. Okay, cool. How do I don't do that? Well, you just don't. All right, thanks. <laughs> and um, how did, obviously, um, Sarah was probably your first golf client, but what kind of sparked your interest in, in golf and how 
what kind of intrigued you into maybe seeing that there is that gap in the market for helping golfers kind of so i um i've been thinking about it for ages now i think i don't even know how long ago i started it's when i saw it on tv and i i was watching these top golfers missing putts and i don't know i just there was so much there that was like that there are things that i know that can help you right now but obviously i couldn't go and give them to them but like they were just and it was so simple and i was just in my head i was going crazy i was like how obviously there's more pressure there it's not as simple as you just do this but i was like how is this still so common that these guys the top of the top are missing these like when this is so like well within their ability to do like it should be an easy kind of shot to make or whatnot so i that i've been thinking about for a while and obviously growing up in spain you're on golf courses all the time like my family i was with them every sunday on the golf course i was watching it so it's just it's part of life like golf has just always kind of been around um but then yeah i after when i found out that sarah was a golfer i just thought oh well i've been thinking about this for so long i know these things can help and then as soon as i thought oh like let's try it with sarah there were just so many things I was like, oh, this could help. That part of it could help because it's all based really on um, the the tools that we use. They, you can use them in real life. So I was using them on other clients, like actual for hypnosis. So people with anxiety or just any kind of struggles, people who felt overwhelmed in life. And then all of these things, are, they're not obviously exactly the same on the course um, when you're playing golf. But a lot of the feelings and the emotions and all of these things, they're really relatable and they kind of translate really well from life to golf. So I thought if I can help people who have this off the course, I'm sure that these things to bring down their anxiety levels or um, their nerves, they'll help on the course. And then when Sarah came around, it was just the perfect time to try it. And Sarah, I had my first session earlier this morning. Um, how was it for you as a golfer who's obviously been in contact with a sports psychologist before? How easy was it for you to kind of uh, feel that or, or dive into the deeper side of it? Because now you've been given the tools and been told how to not do yeah. something, <laughs> whereas before you were just <laughs> do it. Um, how easy was it for you to kind of apply that into real life golf situations? Well, I think um, first of all, as a golfer, you're you're pretty you're a pretty obsessive person when if you play golf. It takes a lot of hours, a lot of dedication, and anything to help you with a shot or like improve your golf. You're pretty open to learn. So I felt like I was really eager and open to like completely give myself like okay, just dig into this and really take it all in because if this can help me with my tee shot like my, my short game, I'll do anything. <laughs> so it was, I felt in that way, it was super easy. And also the fact, obviously I was a bit like, okay, hypnotherapy, a bit set back, even with sand, I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, are you going to put me into sleep and this is going to happen? <laughs> and I was like, what are you going to do? Like, tell me to crawl around. She's like, no, just relax. <laughs> and when, and within a couple of minutes, I just realized, well, it's actually just like almost a form of like deep meditation. And I just felt relaxed and 
at the time on a personal level, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and stress off the course. So the fact that I was given tools that could help me focus and also relax more on the golf course and I could take it off the golf course, it just became like a bigger spiral. It's like, okay, well, I, I, I want to do this more. I want to implement it more. Um, and it became more of like a habit and there's skills that I use offside off the course as well. And I think once you realize something's working for you, like after you have a good run and you feel more relaxed after, if you go to the gym or you go do yoga or something, if you see the positive aspect in a sport that you love and also outside, I think you're just more lenient to dig deeper. Yeah. I find that obviously the, the perception of hypnotherapy or, or hip, of hypnosis in general is such a like intense um, concept. <laughs> yeah. where you, you always, I mean, you refer, and that's the power of like TV and what we see on TV that's your perception of a, of a concept you haven't interacted with. And I was also a bit, not intimidated, but just kind of unsure of what's going to happen. Like you say, it's it's just going into a deeper, like thought process. You're going, you're digging a little bit deeper than you usually do. And you're entering a space where you kind of have no clutter to distract you from what you are then focusing on. And, um, I think this is the perfect time, San, if you can kind of just explain the, the way you work and how your, hip, your um, technique, how different it is from the concept of hypnosis that you see yeah. on Hollywood productions. <laughs> yeah, it is very different. So um, probably what you've seen on TV is either stage hypnosis, which is completely fake. You can never make someone jump around if they don't want to jump around. For example, like they are all people who've been put there, paid for it. That's probably why they're jumping around. Um, And the second is um, more of that trance where you see people lying down and they're completely knocked out. They're in like some deep kind of coma uh, where they, it's like they're not even there anymore. Then they wake up an hour later and they're miraculously changed everything is the whole life has changed and they don't remember anything and yeah so they are the two that I don't do um I use um so it's called cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy so it's based on the basic principles of cognitive behavioral therapy so these are actually a lot more scientific there's actual proof uh, for it, there, there's been so many studies on CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And what I use is basically hypnotherapy that sits on that basis. We, um, the, the main principles of that therapy is what we use uh, to make the change. So this is why as well, we incorporate so many things like self-talk or uh, the breathing techniques, those kind of things because it is that cognitive behavior. It's not just talking to someone and doing hypnosis. And what it means to the actual hypnosis is that it's a lot more interactive. It's a lot more, you don't go as deep, I don't think. I don't think you ever really completely lose, kind of, you never fall asleep basically, but apparently a lot of trans people say that you don't fall asleep. Even if you fall asleep, it doesn't matter. You still take it in, but there's no evidence for anything like that. So this is really focused attention and increased suggestibility. So you're able to really, really intently focus on whatever you want to change. So 
if you want to um, improve your tee shots, you can really go into like this intense focus on that one point and start um, working with that. The increased suggestibility just basically means that you can make changes a lot quicker. So, um, and you don't have that kind of what you were saying before. It's like you kind of let go. You don't have that clutter. So you can make these changes a lot easier and a lot quicker. Um, and kind of what I said to you earlier, Shan, like it's like, it's basically imagination therapy. You're just using your imagination to create change. So, and it's a lot more interactive than the other types of hypnotherapy that you might have seen on TV. Yeah, and I think um, once you break down that stigma that you obviously build from previous conception or, or however you've come across the, the, the concept, you kind of then open yourself up into letting it fully be a part of your, your thought process. So for me, once, I, once you obviously talk me through it, you kind of just realize that it's not as intense as you thought it was. Yeah. And you're not like, yeah. you're not, it's not that you're fearful, you're just, you're just allowing it to kind of open up and be a concept that you can then, yeah. like you said, there is no wrong and right way of doing it in, in a sense that everyone's different. Um, yeah. So I found like the things we talked about, the being mindful um, is one of the main things, especially with a golf, a golf course is 7,000 meters or 6,000 meters there's so many things that can happen as you take every single step. But as long as you kind of control what you're thinking about as you take those steps, you, you can be in control of yourself. And that's all you can really yeah. ask for. Um, my, my question to you is, what um, value do you think this gives a golfer? Or, or what do you think they can most improve um, from what you've seen with, with your previous clients or your, your existing clients? Yeah. So I think, I think with hypnosis, hypnosis it's, you can do so much with it. So, for example, one thing you can do is just, it's a really, really easy way to improve confidence because you, when you're in that, because you can use your imagination so well, you can really start imagining feeling that confidence but it's as if you're really there so it's as if you're really feeling it and it's triggering those kind of feelings um, and thoughts so that it's a lot easier to feel in real life and then we'll we can talk through how you can incorporate that on the course so that's something quite easy that you can do with hypnosis and then another thing you can do is basically rehearse things so if we're working on pre-shot routine, rehearse that pre-shot routine over and over again so it becomes a habit. So it's a lot easier to drill more positive habits and kind of letting go of negative ha habits that you've somehow picked up. It's a really good and easy way to, to kind of deal with those kind of things. From your, your client's perspective, um, what kind of packages do you offer? What um aspects have you built up to cater for golfers specifically and then how can you then um, use that for clients in general life so you offer both those packages yeah so um we do one package that's basically just pre-shot routine where we're um improving incorporating mental aspects to the pre-shot routine to get you into that zone so you're not thinking about swing mechanics etc when you're over the ball um 
We do a short game, so helping people with their short game um, and also competition prep because obviously that's a completely different ball game when you've got a big tournament coming up um, or competition. So uh, they're the main things that we offer. But to be honest, it's anything that anyone needs help with. So if you have a, if you've just, like I said just now, if you have a bad habit that you've picked up, we could do a single session just to kind of eliminate that, that bad habit and put a more positive one, one that's more beneficial um, in place. So yeah, it's um, it's quite broad what we can do and it's what pretty we agile. I would say like there are so many techniques that San has um, and can do that we can kind of implement it to many different aspects. And some people might come in with a different problem. We're like, okay, and then she figures out the core from it and work towards that. And uh, what would you say has been the biggest challenge? Um, obviously, golf golf is quite a and a different sports in the the people you deal with it's obviously people it's an individual sport yeah. so yeah. we are very stubborn i would say um <laughs> what do you think has been the biggest challenge in picking up golf clients and and what have you seen a similarity in the problems that each golfer has is there like a a pattern as you would say um i i mean i feel like the biggest pattern is that people kind of what we've gone over don't use any kind of mental techniques they only focus on the practical side of golf um but yeah we've kind of covered that one but um yeah I think we both can agree (laughs) that there's a common personality trait in golfers like you said we're very stubborn we're very eager to improve our golf I feel like as a golfer myself we'll we'll do a lot but I think, yeah, I think it's, that's like very set though in what they do because they've been doing it for so long. So it's quite hard to kind of break that and be like, okay, but this is a method that you could try that might actually improve it. it that can be a bit of a difficulty a kind hurdle, of bringing that in. Yeah. <laughs> but once they get over that hurdle, it's, it's surprisingly how adaptive they are. Cause obviously when you, when you, like that's when the same in your golf swing, something might be working and then all of a sudden goes away, go back to your bad habits. But with, when they go out and they try this on the course and they see the results, mm-hmm. it obviously you're going to be like, all right, well, this is something I got to do, but it's just that step of being a bit hesitant. Yeah. Um, but like I said, there's obviously people are very eager and interested to learn more. And I feel like the kind of unknown, what we know about the mental aspects, we're kind of giving them like an open window, be like, well, this is what it is and what we can help you with. Um, so yeah. I feel like that also helps a lot and why. Yeah, we've been releasing quite a lot of videos as well and just like information so people can kind of just like learn a little bit more about it. So that before, because obviously it's a big jump to go from, not even having thought of having any kind of coaching for the mental side of it, just purely working on like what you're doing on the course to getting a mental coach. So we've been giving a lot of information because I think people do, because again, there's, especially with men, it's harder to kind of talk about the feelings, the thoughts or the, the mental side of it. So having videos where it's not like you, it, they're very um, like, practical solutions to it you don't have to spend hours talking about how something in the past upset you or anything like that it's 
not at all like that. It's very practical applications to how your how your golf is really. That's the the main part. I think we just you're almost a little scared because you always overthink what it is. Like you think you're going to be diving into like your childhood kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I just a Tuesday. Easy. I don't want to yeah. go back to my childhood trauma. Let me just yeah. Yeah, play golf. What do you want? Oh. Yeah. I think and, again, though, Hollywood is kind of well, that's made that a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, with golfers in general, have you seen, what did you say is the biggest difference between playing a social round of golf and playing competition golf? You just said that obviously it's a different preparation or a different state of mind. What do you think is the main difference why we kind of, yeah. we, we interact differently or perform differently under those pressures? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's so much more pressure when you're competing. Um, you're you're playing for something you're not playing just for yourself anymore whether it's a prize at the end prize money or it's just to say i won a competition there's obviously so much more pressure there's more people around um there's you're automatically um focusing on the outcome a lot more because you're trying to win so i think the whole idea of the reason why you're playing golf changes a little bit so one of the things that's actually really important is to keep the the routine. So I always talk about routine, how important it is. So not just pre-shot routine, but like pre-round and also just what you do before you get on the course, like whether it's um, on your drive to the course, what you do when you um, like get out the car, like do you go to, do you go straight to the practice range or what are your steps that you do before you get on the course? it's really good if you can kind of replicate that in a tournament because then you're not having that massive jump because obviously the situation and the environment has changed. But if you can keep something the same that you do with your practice rounds where you're completely relaxed, where you don't need to overthink anything, then that will kind of bring you back down and it will stop. It won't make it as big of a change as it already is. And Sarah, what would you say being a golfer that's played at a decent I mean, you've played at one of the highest levels. What would you say would would have helped you from what you've learned now from Sam? What would have helped you then? Like, how would you have improved your golf? Or how do you think? I mean, obviously, we're speaking from a hypothetical sense. <laughs> but do you think this kind of information would have been much more helpful to you and helped you produce better, better results? Yeah, for sure. Um... I think also at what it will help me in this like routine, um, not just for tournaments also, but also just to enhance my, my practice. Um, a lot what we did in college, we uh, had a difficult coach, but he would set us to a drill and do it for ever. Like we wouldn't finish like until this was done. Um, whereas you have some tools that is given to you where you can actually utilize these tools and enhance in a smaller uh, time span and actually make it more effective your golf practice that could have helped also too as competition prep getting into this pre-shot routine of being consistent obviously the big pros have a pre-shot routine but we didn't have any focus on that really it was like okay you do you just do two swings before like I do naturally have a pre-shot routine but I didn't know the 
why I had a pre-shot routine. And if I had a better understanding of why, I wouldn't have been a bit lazy, I would say, sometimes. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I'm standing on a bush. I'm not going to do my pre-shot routine here now. I'm just going to whack it out. <laughs> but the, the reasons why you have this pre-shot routine in difficult situations to make them better. And that would definitely, definitely help me. And also, I think the whole aspect of the mental side would have helped uh, a young buck in the States... Uh, trying to play golf so I definitely I and that's why also it's it's really key for us what we want to develop is that we also work with young athletes um and we want to create like a athlete youth program to help the younger generation because it's something that they can use and tools they can use when you grow up um when you're facing difficult times or or different situations so we really want to focus also on the youth because as I could have seen I'm like I wish I had some of these tools in in my golf bag when I was on the course and obviously when when you make changes like this um San it's kind of like and you're a fitness trainer so you understand like change takes time and results will take time but can you say with this form of of um, fitness, mental fitness building, that mm-hmm. the results will be, or you'll just be more aware of certain things, so you'll see results a bit quicker. Is that something that that's true? Yeah, I would say so. I think, um, especially with hypnosis, because you do you can practice it a lot more. So, uh, kind of what Sarah was saying, you you can practice it a lot more times in the in the much shorter time frame so the the only way to make changes by practice and by repetition and i think it's a thousand hours um to uh, thousand to, to master something Ten, yeah Ten thousand? <laughs> so, it's a lot no, of hours <laughs> no, i should say thousand. i don't know <laughs> But obviously it's a lot of time that you need to put into something to actually get good at something and for it to become normal, for it to become a habit, for it to just be the way you are, the way you play, whatever whatever situation it might be in. So hypnosis is a way to kind of fast forward that a little bit. Obviously it will still take time. Nothing ever changes from one second to the next, but it is quicker than if you were to try and do it without, I think. And going into obviously building a business, um, what would you say is the best part of kind of seeing the results from your client perspective, hearing that um, Sarah is no longer hitting a big slice? <laughs> oh, it's... That's the best thing about the business. It's me. <laughs> that yeah. I'm not hitting the slice. <laughs> yeah no honestly I remember getting that the first message from Sarah and she left a voice note and I think it was like a minute and a half long and she was just going off all she's like I can't believe this this is the first time in like I don't know how many years and literally went crazy and so I listened to that like 10 times I was like this is amazing because obviously it's such a you can it's a noticeable change it's not just like oh yeah, I feel slightly better as it would be with a lot of the stuff I was kind of working with before doing golf. But this is like, you can actually see the difference and it it's so rewarding. And especially because golf is like, it's such a massive part of your life. Like if you're a golfer, it's a huge part of your life. So if you can make that part better, automatically the other parts of your life get better. Like if you've had a great round of golf and you've loved every minute of it because you've been in that flow, 
the rest of your day is going to be amazing. So by improving your golf, you're kind of improving your life and it's just a win-win. And we know that as a golfer, how many times I've told everyone I'm going to sell my golf set after a golf round. <laughs> like, I'm selling it. At the, at the minute before I leave my house, I'm like, I love golf. This is great. Like, I can't wait. Come back six hours later. I'm selling my golf clubs. I'm stopping this game. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's... it's but, like, what we really obviously, me as a golfer and, and have a love for entrepreneur as well and being able to work with someone who has a talent and can give a good solution and there is a product um, and in the product we can give to people not just for golf and loving the golf industry as I do and give back, but also, too, that we can hopefully help them a bit more in the mental aspect because we're also a strong believer and we really want to communicate that out is out of we, we do I've myself dealt with like being having anxiety and the fact that we can give something tools for people to help their mental aspect and it's not such a taboo to talk about well you know what I actually do this to help myself mentally or I do this technique too because I feel off today or I'm just not okay and that's also a big focus that if we can give that back, it's not just, all right, great, you play great golf, you have a good round now, but also it's like, I can take it off to my course when I'm feeling off. So the fact that Santa has these tools and we can spread that message out and give back, we're, we're excited about. Yeah. No, I was just going to say like all of these things that I use, I use on myself for general life. Like I, on a daily basis I will do whether it's self-talk whether it's doing a mini hypnosis whether it's doing mindfulness I will always do something every single day and it's made such a big difference so that's thing when you've when you've experienced it yourself and you can feel that change you get so much more passionate about doing it with other people because you know it can help so yeah yeah I think the the main thing here is it's not just um, a tool that you can use, like you guys say, in the golf world or in any sport field for that matter of fact. It's, it's more like a, a lifestyle thing that you can use to make um, your life better in general. And I think that's kind of, obviously, there's been a lot of um, talk about mental health and over the past maybe four or five years. And I think this, um, a lot of people don't talk about that because that's even more intimidating than in the sports world. Yeah. So I think just yeah. being able to just give back um, something that you can use in, in multiple um, yeah. aspects of your life. And I think this is where the agile, you know, being a, a tool that can help you live and play better golf, but yeah. live a better life. I think that's kind of where yeah. you guys are hitting the, the sweet spot. Um, yeah. because I think no, people are, are <laughs> people are starting to open up to the idea of you know being it's it's okay to talk about how you feel and it's yeah, okay to yeah. feel down but there are things that you can do now yeah to kind of lift you yeah. up through these periods and I think yeah you guys are really addressing that and I think that's that's great Oh, thank, thank you, you. <laughs> yeah we we're, we're really looking for I think as well like what Sarah said with the junior program like if we can help kids just get because school is like a school is a terrible time really like I don't know many kids who really love school and I just wish like if I'd known these things if we'd been taught these things when we were younger it would have made such a big difference to how you grow up like so many obviously you learn from everything so 
I mean, for like my personal life, I wouldn't change anything because now I am who I am and that's fine and I got there. But if you can get, if you have these tools and techniques when you're younger, when you're going through school, like if you're getting bullied or something and you know there's ways that can make yourself feel better or that you keep your self-worth, that you don't let that affect you, that can, that would be invaluable. So we're really looking forward to kind of bringing that, like what you said, bringing that out to people as well. So, Yeah. And I think also, I mean, going through school and um, you also have those, those young prodigy kids who have huge potential sporting-wise and educational-wise that also fall into the, the pressure of parents and people around them, kind of putting a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. And to have yeah. these tools to just ensure that they kind of stay focused on their personal goals and not yeah. kind of be fall into that. I mean, so many prodigies yeah. have never succeeded because of the pressure that's been put on, on them from parents yeah. and whatnot. So I think this can definitely just help them if it's what they want to do, they can see yeah. it from their mental aspect and see that this is exactly where they want to be and, and make the right choice going forward. So I think um, yeah. it's definitely um, something that parents need to be looking at as well yeah it's funny you mentioned we actually have a, a client where the dad is not giving pressure so we're actually giving him like a kudos like by the way that's really amazing what you're doing and your son is going to thrive because as a junior golfer when i was a junior mm-hmm. i saw some parents where they had so much pressure on the kids and the kids in like three four years would never see them again because the kids hated the game and everyone ca- always came up and asked me, it's like, oh, why are you playing so well? I was like, well, I'm like, do you see my mom anywhere? It's like, no, like she's at home doing her own thing. Like, this is my thing. Like she supported me, but she was not on top of me with everything. Yeah. And I think that's also really key that, like you said, to yes. communicate with the parents. And, and San is also really good at giving them a good high five when they're not pressuring their kids <laughs> and letting them go in the flow. It's nice and refreshing to see, put it that way. <laughs> With um, And with um, clients contacting you, you can, I mean, I did my session online and I think that's quite nice is that they kind of ac- have access to you no matter where they are in the world, which is quite a nice thing. Um, but just take us through kind of your, your if you have to build a, a long-term client, mm-hmm. I should say, um, what, how many times should they be seeing you? Is there a certain pattern you'd like to implement and and what do you recommend yeah so that depends a lot on um on on the person themselves what they need help with um it usually once a week especially at the start once a week um so we do a session the first session is always like a a longer consultation a bit more in depth and then start with some basic techniques and then they um, can practice stuff. I'll give them stuff to do for the week. And then the week after we'd be going over it, going over something new. And then every week they would be getting, I guess you could call it homework to do at home, like just to practice really um, and really reinforce the learning. So usually it's about, we've got a six session package. And I think that's a really nice number because um, change, yeah, it's, we, we wouldn't usually work on like a, never-ending basis if that makes sense there's always obviously if you need um like a touch-up or 
you need another session it's been a month and something's slipping so you need another session that's fine but we wouldn't really want to work on a every week for the for the next two year kind of basis because we want to give people the tools so that they can then start implementing it themselves and then they won't need us anymore whereas um and then obviously there's times where something changes or a habit changes and they would need an extra session but it would usually be about six sessions and yeah maybe a couple of extra some things are really easy something just need one hypnosis session and that's it whereas others need a little bit more Sarah how often are you obviously we haven't played golf in who knows how long it's been do not mention it <laughs> Um, <laughs> my golf club is just looking at me constantly. It's like, when are we going out? I'm like, soon, soon, hopefully. <laughs> um, but but playing at the level you played, um, do you think that this should be a standard for every single golfer at an elite amateur level, at least? Like this should be something you implement into your your fitness because it's mental and and um, Absolutely. physical fitness. Absolutely. Um, I think it's just like you take care of your body and you should because it's good for you. You should also take care of your mental health because it's also good for you. And especially in a sport, I don't know anyone who plays a sport and they don't want to become better. So why not use this technique and tools to become better? I think it should be very standardized and I don't think it should be the elite, let's say, that has the has the tools for it I think it should be given to anyone because like I mentioned you you work on your 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 technique you put money into your technique you stand with track men for days and hours to see and getting in your golf swing and I'm sure in like other sports you do the drills over and over again why not also get the mental aspect because it's not just physical as you see as we mentioned with all the big athletes is well they have their mental aspect to it so we kind of just want to be like yeah give him give back anyone who enjoys to play sport like make them enjoy it more like give them a challenge and how to improve and Sam, with everyone i mean most of the world being on lockdown um mm-hmm. is there something that you can maybe a small little tip i mean they can obviously go and watch your videos just to kind yeah. of gather some mm-hmm. some some techniques or something to do while on lockdown but is there something you can kind of give that's very simple um, that s- someone at home can do right now um, while they're on lockdown just to yeah. improve mental, their mental health? Yeah, so um, one thing, I, a couple of things that I think would be really important um, is one thing is journaling. Um, it sounds like something stupid that like girls do when they're younger and all of this diary exactly (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't even have to be in that form you could get a blank sheet of paper and literally just write down what you're thinking and feeling sometimes you just need to let it out and um it's it's very therapeutic to just write it's as if you're talking to someone but it it just feels more like final when you're writing it and it becomes you end up sometimes sometimes I'll do it and I'll write a paragraph and that's all I had to say and it's not oh I went I did nothing today I uh I ate this for dinner it's more like 
I am really fed up today because it's day, I don't know, 40 something. I don't even know what day it is. 2,194 yeah, days know. of isolation. Is it, yeah. is it Monday, Tuesday, Sunday? I don't know. So just write down, I'm like, I'm fed up today and today is a low point. I don't feel good. Um, but I know this will end. I know this will get better. But just kind of writing those kind of thoughts down. And then also after you've done that, it's just do some mindfulness. There are so many different apps at the moment. I'm pretty sure a lot of them have free trials. You can find mindfulness stuff on um, on the internet, just a, a half hour, 10 minute, whatever it is. But just go sit down and just close your eyes and just listen to what they're saying because you're just it's going to break in like all it's going to bring your heart rate down it's going to bring your all those thoughts that are kind of going like rushing around your head it's going to bring them down it's just going to bring your whole body to a bit more of a still kind of state of mind um and obviously there's a lot of the things that we get recommended to do like going for a run or go for a walk go outside when it gets too much you can't do right now so a lot of the coping mechanisms that people have that are very very normal things to do like go for a run or go to the gym or go and see your friends we can't do so you're really left with you have to do it for yourself like to yourself for yourself and you're the only one who can really do it in your own space so stuff like journaling stuff like meditation they're really really good and if you can get some exercise in during the day even if it's 10 minutes even if it's doing 10 squats just moving your body is really important and uh sarah what have you been doing during your lockdown time during my lockdown um i have well i've meditated i've been active obviously it's a a plus that your business partner is also your personal trainer. So <laughs> we link up on either WhatsApp or we have like a, a session on House Party, the app with a couple yeah. other people around the world, honestly. Yeah. And we do a session. We try to do that. We've and got then a daily challenge. Exactly. We have a daily challenge going on <laughs> where she sends us a daily challenge. So really just trying to keep yourself busy. And then a good trick that I learned or a tool for golf is that you actually like you mentioned when you try like the imagination you visualize yourself on the golf course um and i've been kind of yeah playing three to nine holes uh mentally where i just really sit and focus on a golf course that i love to play and i take it from the tee box to all the way to through the fairway to the green and i play a couple holes or I've been practicing my golf swing either by swinging around my apartment uh, <laughs> or actually been visualizing and meditating on my golf swing what I need I know I need to work on obviously as a when you are at a certain level you you know how to swing the golf club and if you can just visualize that and how to do it it also gives you a good training session so I've been quote unquote practicing golf at home so that's actually something everyone could do and um, that what Sarah was just talking about the visualizing so literally all you need to do is really simple is just close your eyes you can take a couple of deep breaths um just to bring you like bring you into that zone a little bit more calm yourself down and just focus on your breathing and then once you've kind of come to a bit more of a relaxed state just go to a golf course in your mind that you know really well, like if it's your local or like if you're a member, wherever, wherever just comes naturally to you that you know really well. 
And just like Sarah said, you can start practicing it. You can literally go through, you can visualize yourself walking up to the first tee box and doing your pre-shot routine. Really imagine moving your body, as I was saying to you earlier as well. Really imagine your body moving and walking from the next and hitting the ball and walking to the next ball and where did the ball land and really go through it as if you were there. It sounds really bizarre, just like the hypnosis kind of does as well. But once you do it, you realize it probably is a lot easier than than it sounds. Yeah, I think um, when when someone tells you to imagine you're playing golf, it's it's like <laughs> really are you <laughs> yeah. like okay? Like how a... nuts about golf do you think I am? Like, I'm like <laughs> yeah. imagine I play golf. Yeah. I want to go this play is... golf. Yeah. yeah. So I show. Yeah, sorry. Um, in in our session, we obviously went through um, a hole that obviously I have a very um, vivid and a good um, mm-hmm. me- uh, re- recollection of of memories. And for me, when I was in that state of hypnosis and and playing that hole, um, once I snapped out of it, it I almost felt like. I, I'm in a room that I didn't know I was in before. Like it felt so, so real. And I think that's the, yeah. the power of it because I could actually go back and feel the same kind of emotions that I was feeling. Um, so, yeah. so, I mean, if, I mean, if I can do it, guys, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> if Sean can do it, <laughs> everyone can do it. I think that should be our new tagline. Yeah. On- 100%. Yeah. Sean can do it. do it, you can do it. <laughs> I just think, I think, um, yeah. obviously, I've also had that experience with a sports psychologist. So I am not new to the, the, the concept of mental um, fitness. And I think that this is kind of the, the tie-in factor to fill in the gaps that some people may have um, or as Sarah said earlier that we didn't get the the how like this is the how this is how you do it Um, and it's so simple because it's not like you have to go somewhere you don't have to drive to the gym to get mentally fit which is I think the best part coming from someone who's quite lazy Um, (laughs) but I I just think that each um, athlete needs to kind of work on the side because this is where the, the, the difference is between everyone. If you look mm-hmm. at, for instance, Tiger Woods and your Rory McIlroy and, and those elite top 10 golfers, they, everyone can hit a ball well, but it's kind of their mentality that separates them. So I think this is definitely yeah. um, something that, that we need to kind of alert people to and, and, Show them, show them that this is almost better than going to the driving range every single day, um, that you yeah. can improve while you're at home in your own personal space. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then just last question, between the two of you, can you guys maybe highlight in the golf industry or in the golf world, who are your ideal kind of candidates for mentally, you know, like if you want someone to say you should be mentally fit like so on like who would you say is that that ideal role model yeah i mean i feel like tight <laughs> you can't not mention tiger woods because he he's got some kind of insane mental strength and resilience he i 
I mean, I don't know how he's done it exactly. I know he does, he has said he's done some hypnosis in the past, but not much detail on what or how and, and stuff. But I think he's got, I, I honestly, I don't know how, I think it must be something in him along with how he grew up and this just, I don't know, he's got insane mental His strength. His focus is, is incredible and you have to give yeah. him that. I don't know if you've read the the book that his caddy wrote, his ex-caddy wrote, and it just gives you an idea um, of how mentally focused he was. He would he would never let it go. And I have a friend who used to play um, in the big leagues and the PGA Tour, and the stories he would mention, and everyone has a Tiger story, how they, when they met Tiger, he has, he's created this, like, confidence aura around him that you, that you have to be fascinated about. He he really has like a focus and a mindset and people knew like you don't go talk to Tiger, you go around <laughs> him and he's like, he's just on a whole different level yeah. um, that you have to admire and, and you don't get to that level just by stumbling into it. It's dedication it's, it's, and it's, it's a whole mindset of how to become this person or how you want to be absorbed by others. So it's, you have to, obviously we're going to give him kudos yeah I do what I really like though is there's some like um I watched this video the other day I sent it to Sarah and it was about it was Rory McIlroy who uh was talking about how he read uh, more about stoicism and the effect that technology can have and I think that's amazing that he's 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 one of the top but he's still continuously trying to improve his mindset trying to learn different ways of seeing the world and how that can help golf and I think that in itself is a huge thing if you're trying to improve all the time you've got that changed mindset you're already at the top but you want to keep getting better I think that's amazing I think that yeah and uh going into I mean, this is probably the most difficult time a lot of people are experiencing in their lives. Um, how can people get in contact with you without, um, uh, if they're not golf related, can they contact you through the same platforms as, as um, yeah. social media? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, it'll all come to our email. So yeah, we've got, I might, <laughs> very strange. I mean, another sport but I might be working with someone who plays pool or eight ball I don't know much about it to be honest but um yeah it's the techniques can help as we said such a broad array of like people and for different things and as I said I worked with people who that wasn't sports related before so yeah if people are struggling we've got the same email Instagram our website yeah yeah. Anyone that we can, yeah, help improve yeah. for their sport or just mentally, for sure. Yeah. Open door policy is not yeah. what we have. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you guys for for joining the the podcast and um, yeah, I think this this is very. Thank you for having us. No worries. I think um, yeah. this is something that people need to kind of be more aware of. Um, and the only way to make people aware is to to give some knowledge and, and give them the guidelines. Um, and this will be the start of, of something something good. Yes, you will yeah. open the doors for us. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Thank you so yeah, much really for taking it. it.
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs>